Welcome back to one-on-one New York's longest running sports call-in show. We're here with Ross Greenberg, former HBO sports executive producer and president now of Ross Greenberg Productions. Thank you so much for being here, Ross. How are you? I'm good. It's great to be with both of you. Thank you. And you know, you've been in the industry for over 30 years telling the stories of sports documentaries and you've won over a hundred major television sports awards. This Saturday, your documentary, Extra Innings from 9-11, 20 years later, premieres on HBO Max. You know, could you tell me how this one is different for you? Well, it's a little different because it's very personal. My mom passed away on September 9th, 2001, and I was in Houston and had to find my way by a Greyhound bus back to New York to rejoin my family, who were in New York at the time. And so it was very difficult because I was emotionally pretty wrecked uh, losing my mom and then coming back to New York, which was in a devastating position. I mean, you know, 9-11 took the heart out of the city and, uh, and also the surrounding area. I was from Larchmont, New York at the time, working in the city. So it was hard. It was a recovery that took a while because of the fear factor. You know, you didn't know wherever you stepped, whether it was on a train or in a car or wherever you went, you were worried that, that the bomb was going to drop again. And, uh, and it was very difficult. And I think that personal experience actually dovetailed with doing this documentary. Because when Sandy Montag called me, he's, he's the one that initiated the call on this to see if I would produce direct this film. He knew my story, but he also uh, knew that he had sold it to Turner, which was going to put it on HBO Max. And we got into a pretty deep discussion about trying to make it different than an old documentary that I had done called Nine Innings from Ground Zero for HBO back in 2004. Uh, And so that was a challenge. And so I re-enlisted Joe Levine as my co-producer director, and the two of us sat down and tried to formulate a new take 20 years later. You know, take a couple of stories from the one we had done before, uh, like Brielle Saracini and bring her up to date. Uh, She was 11 at the time, so we could bring her up to date at the age of 31. And a couple of other stories that we found of families that had lost loved ones, but then to really get Bobby Valentine and Joe Torre involved, the two managers, to really guide us through the entire story. And that was pivotal. And they became executive producers on the docu. So we we had to develop a different take, a perspective 20 years later that would bring it all back to life, but give it the right perspective. Um, And now it was also interesting to actually produce it during a pandemic, Mm. because here we are 20 years later, finding ourselves in a lot of the same situations, not you know, a different kind of fear, but still a fear, a different kind of removal from normal daily life, but it's definitely feeling the same. So what can sports do to help us bring it all back? And what kind of messages can we deliver to those of hope and, and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel today that, you know, that we all did back in 2001 in order to get through that. So yeah, been fascinating 
Yeah, a lot to unpack here that you kind of discussed and we'll get into a bit later, but thank you for sharing your personal story there was part of what I wanted to, to get into a little bit and kind of talking about that original documentary, Nine Innings from Grand Zero, and how the story of 9-11 has kind of evolved since, and you mentioned sports staying power within that. I'm just curious how this, you mentioned some of the differences, but what what do you think, how do you think that story of 9-11 has kind of evolved in the in the 17 years or so since that initial documentary, and how does that kind of shape the, this new piece in Extra Innings that, that you put out here? I think there's the, the words never forget, and mm-hmm. the- for some reason, when you're 17 years after the fact, or 20 years in this case, after the fact, 17, 16 years from making the first one, you do have a forgetful kind of situation at ter- on certain levels, you know? Um, but then doing these documentaries, it all comes flooding back. It's like getting on a bicycle again. And you, you kind of, want to refresh not only your own memories but the many people that weren't alive at the time that are going to see this and need to understand what was going on during that time through video through the minds of those that can tell us the stories whether it's michael k or joe or bobby or you know um mike piazza whoever was involved direct first person accounts you need to tell those stories in order to get people an understanding of, of the difficulties that people were going through. And, you know, and it's more about how they came through it than the difficulties that they were going through. You know, you want to teach people how they can look ahead and not let the situation get the better of them. Uh, and that's the messages. Those are the messages that you can send especially with a perspective of 20 years later, having experienced that. And frankly, experiencing what we are now. Um, You know, that gives you a fresh perspective on 9-11 and the teaching that it can bring you. You know, back then, in the the aftermath of 9-11, it was so shocking. And there wasn't a breadth of time to really analyze how you get out of it, that it was, uh, it was difficult to do a docu back then because you didn't have a lot, long perspective on it. You had a really short perspective on it, you know? Hmm. You mentioned the perspectives uh, from Yankees Joe Torre and Mets Bobby Valentine. And, you know, you look back at the 2000 World Series and I can only imagine what that crosstown tension was like. Um, you know, how much did this event really unify not just those two fan bases, but the entirety of, of New York? Well, that's an interesting point, because we wanted to start this documentary with the fact that the two had played the prior year against each other in a World Series, which was really odd. I mean, you know, it hadn't happened before or since. Uh, and there they were. So it was almost eerie that they were coming out of that World Series and launched into the 2001 season um, and then bang, you know, the planes hit. So, so that was, that was something we thought long and hard about starting at that point, which we did uh, at the top of this. Um, But the two of them made it crystal clear that it was a season, not only that they will never forget, but it was obviously the toughest managerial seasons of their life. Uh, and so the two of them had a real connection to the city, uh, to the 
to the people of the city, to individuals that we found. You know, we did quite a few Zooms with the two of them and found all these unique stories uh, of Bobby with uh, different people that, that were victimized uh, through family members passing away. So we found direct connections with them. And it was interesting. At the end of the, one of the shoots, we were doing a shoot at the memorial right at the, you know, where the tower stood, at the memorial where that huge pool sits. And in the distance, it was early in the morning, so a lot of people, no one had gotten there yet. They don't, they don't open it until 10 a.m. And we purposely shot before people came. And in the distance, there were seven or eight uh, police that were just hanging out and they were obviously watching us because they were big Met and Yankee fans. So they saw Tori and Valentine. And so we were done shooting in one area and we were moving to another and we had to pass by them. And they were sheepish about it, but they came up and they wanted selfies with the two managers. So they all got out their camera, their camera phones and they started juggling their camera phones and will you take a shot? So I ended up taking shots of them, but I also signaled over to our cameraman. I said, come over here and shoot some of this. You know, you never know if we're gonna use it. So the cameraman came over, he shoots it. And lo and behold, the guys don't know it. It's fun to say it. Maybe they'll watch this or something, <laughs> but they are in the film because at the end of the film, we inserted them getting their selfies taken uh, with their phones or their shots with their phones uh, into the film because we wanted to show that connection that Bobby and Joe had with, with the police department, not only then, but now. You know, that's something that triggered me to even doing this docu when I left the stadium, you know, after game three. Um, and I witnessed the bush thing at the mound and everything. I left the stadium to go to my car and there were 10 cops lined up mm. and I high-fived all 10 cops on my way to the car. Now I never would have thought to do that prior to 9-11. That's just something you didn't do. But I, cause I didn't feel the connection with cops. That night, that day, boom, 10 in a row. And that reminded me of this, that 20 years later, you know, there were Bobby and Joe, and I shook their hands that day as well. 20 years later, there they were with their arms around those cops. Now, I'm sure Joe and Bobby had a lot of moments being who they are over the last 20 years where they were around police and doing pictures and all of that. But, you know, I just wanted that impression to kind of last uh, because that's the kind of feeling that you want, especially now. Think about the relationship between people and the police now. I mean, this is where we need the unity to come in and everyone to get immunized, get shots, wear masks, hug policemen and firemen, and get back to being Americans. Well, that's a really incredible story and a message there. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you about, too, is you've, you've hit on a few times kind of this healing power that sports can have in a lot of ways and the message of hope that this documentary contains. So just and all the work that you've done, even outside of this 9-11 documentary, what's always that message of kind of hope or just what you've seen as the role sports can play in society in instances like 9-11 or, or the pandemic, as you mentioned? You're right, because that's what I look for when I do a documentary, whether it's uh, taking those kids that, that were 
you know, 20 years old facing the mighty Russians in 1980 and, you know, the world of hockey and at the Olympics and taking them on when America was at its lowest, one of its lowest points uh, and galvanizing the whole country, but not behind a amateur hockey team um, to win a gold medal. You know, that wasn't about hockey. That was a film about you know, the underdogs kind of lifting an entire nation uh, out of doldrums and, and not only beating the Soviet Union at the time, but also winning a gold medal uh, as amateurs. And it was in many senses a miracle. Same thing with the 1999 women who went to Pasadena, filled a Rose Bowl full of 93,000 people, uh, had come out of Title IX and were the first women to be taken seriously as a team on, on a sports field. And Mia Hamm, Julie Foudy, Brandy Chastain, you know, beat China in the World Cup in the finals and established that women can be taken seriously as athletes. And what they did for the women's movement was as powerful as anything's ever been done. I was just with, you know, doing the Costa show last week or last, two weeks ago, we had John McEnroe and Billie Jean King uh, in front of Bob. And halfway through the interview, John turns to Bob and says, and puts his arm around Billie and goes, Bob, do you realize that this woman sitting right here has done more for women the world over, forget just athletes, women the world over than maybe anyone on the planet? Yeah. And he was right. And so, you know, if you can intersect sports with that kind of statement, that's pretty powerful. And obviously, I don't know if you're aware, but I did an entire documentary on Billie Jean King. So you pick out the different monumental forces in sports who have, who have uh, just, you know, blown people away with their impact. Um, and that, that's really what you look for in a, in a great documentary. And that's what hopefully this Saturday will do is, you know, this is much bigger than baseball. This is about teaching people how to get out of this kind of dilemma. It is bigger than baseball. And, and you mentioned that encounter with, with police officers and, and just sharing that moment. And the other night I went out to dinner with my dad on Arthur Ave and a fire truck went by and, everyone gave them a, a standing ovation and, and just, you know, saluted the, the firefighters. Um, and you don't really see that in other cities. Um, I just want to know how integral, you know, you mentioned that shoot at the end, um, but, but do you see more of that throughout the documentary? I know that we hear some of those perspectives. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the entire documentary gives you an understanding of, of the bravery and, of not only the firefighters, but the police departments and, and also the Secret Service. You know, we were the first to interview the Secret Service member who was on site in game three protecting George Bush. He had an entire team with him, but he was heading up the team. And he was the one that was disguised as an umpire on the field, an extra umpire to protect the president in case someone was going to run for the mound. He did his first interview with us uh, for this documentary. So, you know, we integrated everyone we could find 
that had a unique perspective on this. And uh, at the end of the day, when he was done with his detail and Bush had left, because he never stays for the game, he, he talks about how he went out to right field and watched the end of the game because it was his first World Series, which we thought was so cute that he was just a fan at that point, having fulfilled his duty. So, you know, I, you never know what kind of story is going to get picked up. But these are really personal stories uh, that hit home really, really hard. And we're looking forward to hearing about them. And the last question I wanted to ask you, Ross, is when you think about this weekend, obviously, with, with the Mets and Yankees playing on 9-11, just what are your expectations for this weekend? And what type of impact do you think this, this weekend can have on, on the sport and, and the country as a whole? Well, you know, it's interesting because you just, you know, my friend did the film Field of Dreams. Um, oh, yeah. And you saw the impact of that out in Iowa. And you just reminded me, I, I even forgot that the Mets were playing the Yankees on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm getting a little choked up. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's going to be powerful. That's, that's going to be more powerful than people realize. Um, that's going to be quite a moment and quite a night. And it was brilliant of Major League Baseball to schedule like that. Uh, you know what? I hope that people watch this film before they watch that game. Yeah. And then they're going to not, they better get tissues because that's going to be a very emotional game that night. If you watch this documentary beforehand, use it as your pregame because then you'll understand the impact and the importance of that game on Saturday night. It's going to be powerful. Ross, thank you so much for joining us today. You can find extra innings from 9-11 20 years later that premieres on HBO Max this Saturday on the 20-year anniversary of 9-11. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back on one-on-one. -on -one.